you know what, Jen? I don't think I've ever looked better in my life. I think I'm I'm at the peak of my physical prowess. I think you are. At the moment. And yeah. I would love to share that with people. I'd love people to be able to see me in the flesh. Just it's to... selfish to keep this. <laughs> it is. This amount of radiance needs to be shared. So I thought what I would do is invite people along to see me in real life. To be in the same room at the Museum of Comedy. At the Museum of Comedy, because comedy is what I do <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> and you belong in a museum. No, oh, no. No, no, no. It was How rude. My self-esteem had climbed and now it's back down on the floor. But no, I um, love the Museum of Comedy and I'm going to go there and I'm going to take my raw magnetism with me uh, on Wednesday the 24th of April. Can I come too? You can. Just try not to sort of detract from my glow, you know. Okay. Uh, we are going to have the magnificent Jenny Ryan, a magnificent guest, Ooh. TBA. Wednesday the 24th of April, put it in your diaries, bring your sunglasses because I am shining. Yeah, get your tickets now. The link is in our social media or from the music. Museum of Comedy website. Oh, please do come. Jen's all right as well. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What's your name? Jenny Ryan. Correct. What's my name? Lucy Porter. Correct. What are we doing? We're making a podcast all about quizzing. Correct. What's it called? Fingers on buzzers. Correct. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fingers on Buzzers. Yes, it is. I thought I'd add, I'd add a little bit to the end of that. that. I don't normally, but that was, that was uh, Fingers on Buzzers. Yes, it is. Improv, which is very appropriate. It is improv or impro. I never know which is. I the... think it's impro if you're on, you're on the improv side of things. <laughs> yeah. I like saying improv because it has an end to the word <laughs> impro. Whereas impro yeah, just it, it tails off. And uh, we do have one of the finest practitioners of impro in this nation. The wonderful Ruth Bratt will be joining us to talk about her quizzing experiences, both past, present and future. Oh. Uh, So we'll see what comes up there. And we will also be having a listener quiz. The return of the listener quiz. We've not had one in a little while. But we've been sort of stockpiling them. In fact, Amanda has been stockpiling them. And we have Mr... I want to say David Soul, but I've clearly... Yeah, I wish. Clearly it's not David Soul. Imagine the knitwear. <laughs> the correct name of the person who's doing the listener quiz is... Matt Soul. Matt Soul. And uh, Matt Soul has done some brilliant listener quiz. So uh, we shall be enjoying that in a moment. What a treat to welcome a fantastic guest who is a brilliant actor, a wonderful comedian and an improviser without parallel <laughs> or equal. I don't know if parallel and equal are the same, but she's brilliant at it anyway. So uh, it is the one and only Ruth Bratt. Live studio audience. It is lovely to see you and thank you for joining us on Fingers on Buzzers. Well, thank you for having me. Now, I know you, obviously, from being amazing in things like People Just Do Nothing yeah. and uh, the Showstoppers live shows, which are uh, extraordinary. Uh, improvised musical, different every night. And me and my daughter, who is a huge fan, have seen about five iterations of Showstoppers over the, the last couple of years. But you are also a huge quiz fan, right? I love quizzes. I, I mean, I'm not great at them. But I, re- I really love them. I really love them. And there's a lot of the showstoppers who love quizzes as well. So there were a few of us who all lived in the same sort of area in 
North London. And for a while, we all used to go and do a pub quiz together. Um, and we were we were obnoxiously good at it. <laughs> Between yes. us, we had everything covered, except mm-hmm. for, as we discovered one week, modern music. Oh, oh. Nothing. It's a common problem. Don't worry, Ruth. We get a lot of that on this podcast. People who, but what year did music stop for you? For me, it's about 1997. Yeah, I think probably about the same. Mm. Maybe maybe 2000. You know, Jenny takes us into the, Jenny's very good at taking us into the 2010s. Not, not by far, but it's mostly because in the early 2000s, I was working in a record shop. So up to about 2003, 2004, Yes. Oh, After go. that, it starts to just get slightly more obscure year on year. Yeah, I, yeah. I definitely stop at around 2001, I think. <laughs> I think that's it. Keen. Once you get to Keen, that's it. Yeah. I've put that piece. Oh, don't give me anything new after Keen. <laughs> Popular music ended with Keen. Let's just make that. It's on the gravestone already. There you go. Uh, they killed it. Off. That, they that was killed there. It. <laughs> So, I mean, okay, so popular music is not your strong suit, but tell us what is, what would be your specialist subjects and particularly your specialist subject on Mastermind, we always like to find out. Oh, well, I think my specialist subject on Mastermind, I've talked about this with people quite a lot. um, I think it might be London. Oh. Because I used to be a tour guide, um, a London tour guide on the Ducks, you know, which were the amphibious... Yeah, so I've got a very specific knowledge about a very specific bit of London. Um, And because the ducks used to break down quite a lot, you had to have um, you had to have a lot of knowledge about the places where the ducks would break down most often. (laughs) Was that presumably just before or after going into the river? I mean, I mean running anymore so I can probably say it without fear I mean I think if the people who were on the boat had realized how dangerous it it might have been you know whereas because we were all a bit blasé about it but every now and then one of the watermen would be like and you'd you'd think oh the waterman looks a little bit unnerved and perturbed (laughs) it must be very dangerous now I love uh, the idea that it might have been how you met your end would be just slowly drowning. Like the captain of the Titanic, you would not abandon your post. You would just be talking about the history of, of uh, Big Ben or whatever. Yeah, yeah totally that. Yeah. <laughs> the lions drink, London will sink. Oh, and so are we. Yeah, <laughs> yeah all that. Yeah. So we used to, so, but we used to break down a lot on St. James's. So often, so often on St. James's, once, so badly. And what happened often is that you'd you'd break down on a day when there was bad traffic because the duck would overheat mm-hmm. and that's why it broke down. And then, But then that also meant that no other ducks could get to you to pick up your, your passengers. <laughs> so I remember one day, the, like the worst one ever, um, being on it stuck it just it broke down at St James's Palace that was it and um and they were like oh another duck's coming round and I said okay well while we're waiting do you guys want to just get off and I'll take you on a bit of a walking tour around St James's so we went you know there's like lots of lovely little alleyways yeah um, there's the original the 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 Texas embassy which it, <sighs> Is that a wow. thing? Yes, because we wanted to annoy the French. So we um, recognised <laughs> Texas as an independent state. <laughs> so we had an embassy for a bit. Uh, the problem is, is a lot of my a lot of my knowledge is apocryphal. And so sometimes when you say stuff, people will be like, is that true? And you'd be like, well, <laughs> you know. Uh, but that one I think is true. Uh, so, that's what, so the Texas embassy is there. And I walked them around for about half an hour. And then a duck came around and some of them could get on it because it wasn't full so they all went off and then the rest of them I was like do you want to go and walk up and see Nancy Astor's house do you want to <laughs> <laughs> so little walk around the square then we came back and then like another duck came and took another 10 of them away and then it was me and like seven people and I was like do you want to do you want to go and uh, I don't know what to do now <laughs> look at the Ritz <laughs> <laughs> staring through the window like, um, so yeah that was the worst one 
was but yeah so I've got like very ex- very specific knowledge about those bits of London so I think I would like to watch a quiz show that combined actual facts with plausible you know some yeah. sort of tour guide I, I, yeah are we always with our guests Ruth try to come up with a format for a quiz show that mm. you could sort of host and I would say because obviously with your incredible improv, you know, not only showstoppers, you work with the comedy store players and many other improv troops. And I think what is there, are there transferable skills between quizzing and improv? Obviously being able to think on your feet is very important in both and quick thinking. Yeah, I think the, the big difference is that in improv, you, you've got to let go of being right. <laughs> Uh, quizzes will never do this um so you have to kind of let go of I am right you know this is right this is the answer Mm -hmm. um so I think yeah maybe I maybe I keep them separate they they you know satisfy different parts of my brain Mm, I don't think they can exist yeah knowing things that's my quiz brain (laughs) and then the part of my brain that likes like really not knowing anything (laughs) is you know my, like, so I remember <laughs> here's a for example of my ignorance um we really early on we were doing a, a show and they called it set in the bay of pigs and so me and Pippa just went all oh, right and made it about some pigs <laughs> yeah, and then one of the other guys was like um girls <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what? And we have no idea that it was the Cuban Missile Crisis and all that. We know now, obviously. <laughs> but that sort of stuff is like quite fun, you know, when you're ignorant. Actually, it used to be one of uh, one of the guys really. He's he did um, classics and history, so he's quite and he gets really cross when our history <laughs> is wrong. <laughs> and he's had to really he's had to really bite back on like correcting us when when you know we make the bay of pigs just literally a bay of pigs <laughs> love it i think a quiz show where there are only right answers because you know the in, in pro you always are trying to build and uh, you know yeah. support people so i think yeah a quiz show where every answer is right and you need to yes. back just yeah you've got to build oh, on the back of back. Your, yeah. the previous contestants mm. oh, that'd be a shockingly fun. awful answer but yeah, double down. used to come up with a lot of games because we tour so much. I don't know if you do this, Lucy. Like you have to, yeah, you have to keep yourself interested in the car, <laughs> um, yeah. and uh, or on trains. And I remember one of them we played. Do you remember that? Was it like Call My Bluff, where you you had to do, um, you had to give a, a definition of a word that they gave mm-hmm. you a word and then there were three definitions yeah. mm-hmm. and so we played that but obviously we didn't have a dictionary so it was just one of us made up a word <laughs> and then three people had to say what the definition of that word was nice. someone else just had to pick which one it was <laughs> yeah. no. the random thing I'm thinking of is more correct than the two other random things I'm thinking <laughs> yeah, of yeah, totally <laughs> And it was surprisingly satisfying as a game. So, yeah. I mean, I've done a lot of place name based games, obviously, when you're doing car journeys with comedians and you do, you know, Shakespearean actor or Leicestershire village, you know, (laughs) those kind of, uh, there's fun in that. I think there is fun in maybe a sort of geographical quiz, which we would do very well at as people who have traveled and had to, you know, motorway service station or disease. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And which is the best motorway services? Yeah. I mean, eBay. Clearly, T Bay. There's absolutely no, obviously, no brainer. What's the worst? I think, well, I think the A1 has a lot of the worst ones because it's not really a motor. They're not real. Yeah. And they're often next to a massive sex shop. So many sex shops Mm. and um, sex clubs. Mm. And also, what used to be, <laughs> so oh, here's this. This is nothing to do with quizzing, but we were driving on <laughs> A1, and we all decided. You know, when you just all decide you want a thing, and we all went, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could find somewhere that did tea cakes, toasted tea cakes? Oh yes, oh, yeah. yeah. And we found this place. I won't name it. We know it's closed now because we drove <laughs> past it the other day. But, but we 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 saw this place, and it said it had you know tea. And we were like, oh, well, they'll do it. 
And we went in and we had, there were three of us, so we had three cups of tea, three toasted tea cakes. And then when the bill came, we didn't look at it and we were playing guess how much the bill is. And we were we were guessing ridiculously high, you know, like 30 pounds. <laughs> and, and, then, and then the guy who was serving us started to look more and more embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, oh, and then we looked at it and it was like 12 pounds each. Oh. For a toasted tea cake and a cup of tea. What? Yeah. Every time. And for years, it's been like a, you know, well. there's an apocryphal story. Like us, like whenever we talk about it, we're like, oh, no, not the. <laughs> £9.50 for the tea cake and then yeah. an extra £2.50 for the. What? How did that work? Look, I don't know. That is crazy, isn't it? It's the A1 for you. Anything yeah. happens on the A1. It's like the sort of the lawless road of, uh, yeah. of Britain that you just don't it know. Is. But People it does get those two amazing diners on it. I don't know if you mm. stopped at the diners. Mm-hmm. The OK diners. And they're more than OK. <laughs> <laughs> I like to feel this has been a great public service, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, people don't realise how much uh, sort of of a font of knowledge about roadside dining we could be, really. Yeah, we could be really useful. <laughs> so what's your favourite to watch on the telly? What are your favourite quiz shows? Uh, Obviously, number one is The Chase. We always we ah, take that as a given. We take that as a given. Yeah. I watch them all, actually. There's none mm. I don't watch. Um so uh, I love so I love a Monday night because you've got Mastermind, then Only Connect, which is just yeah. over my head. And I'm so proud of myself if I get anything on that wall. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. And, and every now and then I get the things at the end where they've got the missing vowels. But that's yeah. it. I, the connections, I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. But I still watch it. Uh, and then it's universally challenged, which uh, I also love and I'm also amazed when I get anything right there was one there was one day right at the beginning of lockdown so I was by myself and I got like 12 questions right on University Challenge and I was going no witnesses with this, no one here to see my genius yeah <laughs> yeah I that is those. always very frustrating when you're oh, yeah you don't have an yeah. audience for yeah I have to watch it in company yeah oh yeah yeah. Well, we will tonight. We're actually recording this on a Monday, uh, listeners. Oh, so yeah, so we can... we'll keep you on the line, Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but of course, you'll get none. This is always no. the way. When I'm with anyone well, else, it's like, oh, yeah, no, no, nothing, nothing okay. at all. And if you had to compete on any of them, so it's one thing to I mean, I love, I love watching Only Connect and I would be on it in a heartbeat. And I keep saying I should really apply and never do. Terrible. But yeah, I think because, yeah, I know that I would be um, slightly intimidated. But is there, I mean, Tipping Point? Okay, so when I first saw Tipping Point, I went, this is, what it, what is this? Yes. Yeah. You know, and I was going, they're just playing Shove Hapney. And what, how is this a game? But I'm obsessed with it now. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. because it, it's, it gets you. I don't know how. Mm. Because it's just watching it's, someone ask answer questions and then... It's Ben Shepherd. Mm. Who's I yeah. love his face when he <laughs> answer questions and he's like, yeah, oh uh, yeah, okay. There was, there was the classic moment, the, the viral clip that went round recently. Did you see that with um Homer oh, yeah. in one of his epic poems yeah. described <laughs> what as the food of the gods? And he said donuts and went absolutely all in on donuts. I think it's it, donuts. I mean he it, talks about donuts a lot, so I think it's probably and it was like we could all three see. three of the contestants she said I would have said donuts too. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And Ben's like, Do you want me to read the question again? <laughs> so funny. I just oh. it's such a weird but you do get I get really invested in that one. Yeah. I mean, as an actor, do you watch Ben Shepherd's face and think this is a masterclass in oh. restraint? I often think with presenters, like, how on earth do they do it? Because people think, like, actors are, are really good. You know, they're like, oh, how does anyone ever know if you're telling the truth? And it's like, because my face is like an open book. <laughs> like, there is, you know, if I'm not acting, I am so, so readable, it's untrue. <laughs> uh, so I'm always amazed at how they keep going. You know, yeah, and I kind of get the impression that Bradley Walsh doesn't keep going, 
um, <laughs> but they, do you know what I mean? It he like he like likes to break sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, to I tension. I think that's 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 yeah, what he, he realizes how it is very intimidating for the contestants. So yeah. if they can watch him go, the, then the, it becomes yeah, all right the, for them. Yeah. The, that was the first the the bit of advice I got the first time I did a celebrity chase because they have an audience a studio audience mm. and normally they don't, and it was really intimidating. But the bit of advice I got from my fellow chasers was as soon as humanly possible, swear. <laughs> and the audience yeah. will then relax and be on your side. Yeah. So yeah, it works. It works yeah. every time. Well, it's true. When we do radio recordings, isn't it, Ruth? That mm. you sort of some people, and I would never do this, but some people do deliberately fluff yeah. to get that kind of it's out the way. Then yeah. and everybody's seen you break the fourth wall and yeah, be human. And no one's sort of going, "Oh, are they going to get through the whole thing?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're clearly not. They're reading. <laughs> I do have a bit of a quizzer's instinct in terms of I because I don't like getting things wrong so yeah. I get really annoyed with myself if I have to do a retake mm. on any and I'm not an actor either so I kind of I'm like no the point of this is I have to say all the words in the correct order immediately and you know the the acting doesn't really matter <laughs> it turns out it does a little bit mm. not much really <laughs> Now, Ruth, we do have a quiz prepared for you. Oh, how exciting. Oh, can I do I have done a quiz on tennis. Oh, oh I did celebrity eggheads. <gasps> you know about this? Because so I put on Twitter, I didn't at anyone because I don't, but I just put on Twitter, I don't want to be famous. I just want to be famous enough to be on celebrity eggheads. <laughs> <laughs> Left it at that. Because yeah. I love eggheads. Uh, and um, like Barry makes me want to cry because I think he just seems so lovely, mm-hmm. and you know, I just, it's just like this constant. Anyway, so well, Jenny about... will do you secrets of the eggheads afterwards, I'm sure. Ooh, <laughs> uh, and then after uh, after about a month, so I'd forgotten all about it. About a month later, the producer of Celebrity Eggheads just text tweeted back, "You are famous enough. Do you want to do it?" <laughs> and I went. No, I'm not. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> and so I went up, and it was it was genuinely like one of the highlights of my life. Oh my god, talk us through it then. So where were you recording it? So it was up in Glasgow. It was me, Zoe Lyons, Hal Cruttenden, Ooh. Ken Cheng, and it's already a strong lineup. It's a very, it's a very strong, strong lineup. lineup. Having Justin Morehouse. Oh, oh my well. goodness, friends of the we've show. We've got a couple of friends of the show in that yeah, lineup already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were like, oh, and we were really good. And I, none, nothing came up that I could answer questions of because a geography came up and I went, no. Uh, and, you know, that, and then. Only it if it's, the, you know, A1. A yeah, if it's the A1, <laughs> I can do it, but anything else. Uh, the thing is, this is how bad at geography I am. I didn't even think that would count. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had, um, we, you know, you, you turn up and they like, you know, you go and sit in a little green room and, and, um, and we did we did really well. So it was me and Hal, because Hal won his round. And then it was me and Hal, and we went to five questions, and we got one wrong about uh, King Solomon's Mines, because we didn't know we'd written it. And I wanted to go down the middle, but Hal said something else, and so we went with something else, and we should have gone down the middle. Mm. Always go down the middle. Yeah. But it was very exciting. Yeah. I loved it. And it was um, it was literally like up and down, but they film it. They, I mean, I'm sure, you know, they film it. do like five or six yeah. shows a day or something. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But it was great, and it was, you know, I can't I can't remember who the eggheads were. Judith. Judith was there. And when yeah. we had our photo taken afterwards, she had her hand on my shoulder, and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Touched by greatness. Proper quiz fan girl. I love yeah, this. Nothing oh. cool about me at all. <laughs> yeah, I was so overexcited. So this is the best day of my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know what you were like pretty chilled about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you say that as if Hal Cruttenden has ever been chilled about oh, anything yeah, in his life. Chilled. I mean, no, he no. wasn't chilled, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. <laughs> well, now we, you know, we know that you have quizzing credentials, Reese. So we're going to put those to the test. And I have got a quiz which our producer Amanda has written. It's an excellent one. And it is, it's about theatre. Oh, brilliant. I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to do very well. And okay. I'm going to give each question to you, first of all. Yeah. And then uh, Jen can have them if you can't get I can them. have the bonus. Yeah. All right. That's fair. So uh, my like first question. Well, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll push you back. <laughs> my chance to push back. She's not sitting above you intimidatingly. She's <laughs> sat on Zoom with a glass of wine, which is much more, much more approachable. Um, your first question, Ruth, is what is the name of the sequel to the musical Oliver? Now, I think this is quite a hard one. What? I'd never heard of this. A there sequel. was a sequel. Um, I, I tell you what. Good Lord. Given your impro skills, if you just make up something credible... <laughs> I know he wrote twang afterwards, but that wasn't that. Wasn't I don't think this is no, this is not uh, a Lionel Bart. Not a Lionel. Oh, Bart. not a Lionel Bart. Don't know. It Ooh. is a direct sequel. Hang on, I'm gonna I'm straight to video. Clearly, <laughs> gonna have to Google is it called this. What happened to Nancy? Oh, oh, you're so close, mate. You're so close. You know what happened to Nancy? Yeah. Oh. It is okay. Here we go. Book and lyrics by David Lambert. The music was written by Andrew Fletcher. It was performed in 07 at the Playhouse Norwich. So it has nothing to do with Lionel Bart whatsoever. Oh. Um, but it does follow one member of the oh, original. It's got to be about the, the Artful Dodger, Dodger, right? It is the Artful yeah. Dodger, you are correct. So between the two of you, why don't you come up with pitch me what you would uh, what you would come up with for the Artful Consider Dodger? Consider yourself. Oh, that's good though. It's called Dodger. Dodger. It's set seven years later than the original musical, and it follows the artful Dodger to wherever he's ended up. Now, I will give you both the opportunity to guess where would the artful Dodger be seven years after the Norwich Oliver. I mean, technically, he's at the Norwich Playhouse. Yes. Uh, I just thought it was one of those, you know, like when you do yeah. Panto, it's always, you know, so when I did Panto in Windsor, it's set in Windsoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Etonia. He's very much not in Norwich no. in the uh, in the actual oh, play. The Caribbean. It's not the Caribbean. Is he in America? No. Canada. Australia. Yes, Australia. Oh, transported, obviously. Yes. Yeah, of course he would have been. So it follows the Artful Dodger to a penal colony in Australia. Wow, that sounds like a barrel of love. Absolutely. Quite grim. Now, this question number two. Which West End show features five different languages, including Swahili and Zulu? Oh, is that um, The Lion King? Yes, straight in, absolutely. I don't. I can't think of any other West End shows that would feature five different languages at all. No. Um, Even two. Here's yeah. a bonus point for you. If you can think of any... The, so there's there's, there's got to be a French bit in... Uh, Amelie. In uh, Amelie, in Hamilton, Lafayette. Oh, Lafayette, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, there is. Everyone give it up for the favourite Frenchman, whatever that yeah. bit is. I, I listen to it all the time with my children. <laughs> okay. 
Charles Macklin, this is question three. Charles Macklin is a former West End actor who is said to haunt which West End theatre? Now, I have been, I did a play once at the Gilgood Theatre, which mm. was my only foray into acting, and it turns out I was rubbish. But um, I once <laughs> got uh, left in the theatre when it was dark, oh. and I went to the loo. <gasps> And I do not believe in ghosts a hundred percent. I'm not at all superstitious or um, but I had the willies put right up me by yeah, being in a Western so theatre. There's such weird spaces. Yeah, right? it's one of the w- horriblest places to be mm. on, on your own, own after I dark. Never liked it. No. Mm. Uh, I would say so I know it's not because I think the theatre Royal Drury Lane is the grey lady. That's what I've heard. Mm. Um, well, it's going to be one of it's going to be one of like the old ones, isn't it? So it's not going to be the the Savoy or the other that other one that's mm. not that one where Warhorse was on Frages that's in a car park around the back yeah. of the that that weird <laughs> yeah, that where you go yeah, half of it's a car park in a Brazilian nightclub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's Gillian that Lynn. about? <laughs> that's it, isn't it? The Gillian Lynn. That is the Gillian yeah. Lynn. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's like the brutalist with it the is. club underneath yeah. it. Yeah, I love it, but yeah, it's great. You, any ghost in there would be just some sort of banging Brazilian nightclub <laughs> car park attendant. <laughs> it's the ghost of a car park attendant who haunts yeah. the Julian. Well, it must be one of the, uh, like the Apollo. Or I'm going to stop you, actually, palace, because you said maybe. it. Oh, oh it is was. It, the it is the theatre world, is apparently rammed with ghosts. Ooh. So there's the Grey Lady. Lady is another one. And Charles Macklin. Ooh. Oh, we should go. Do a ghost hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be really scary. I would not like it at all. If you were to haunt, there's an there's a question. If you and we can all answer this. If you were to haunt any theatre venue or anywhere really, where would you haunt? I'd haunt the Apollo. Would you? Where yeah, it's where Showstopper did the West End run, Mm -hmm. and it's just such a lovely little theatre. It's so lovely. Is that what the one where the Bob Marley one is on at the moment? It was no, where so that's the lyrics. It's Jamie's it's that's Jamie was. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Is it play play what went wrong was on or something there? Uh, magic, magic, magic went wrong. Then. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's such a nice. It's a lovely little theatre, and we had such a happy time there. I think that's Aww. what I did. Don't scare the people that are there. Make sure they don't have any fun. Yeah. Or like <laughs> a really good modern one, so like no one would be expecting you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And there you are in the Churchill Theatre, Bromley. <laughs> I would definitely haunt the Oxygen in Bolton. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's handy, isn't it? It's yeah, it'd be it's handy, handy for home. It's just good commute. Yeah. Handy for home. <laughs> <laughs> I might probably. Well, in fact, going on that, I would probably haunt the. There's the Churchill Theatre in Ricelip, which is like a little, they only ever do sort of amjammy stuff there. And oh, I think, oh, that would be a, I love a little theatre. A regional little theatre. Oh, little yeah. theatre, yeah. Oh, there's that lovely one in, um, what do you call it, where it's where Jeremy Clarkson, Chipping Norton, mm. and there's like this tiny little theatre in there. And it'd be no trouble to haunt because it's only little, so you wouldn't yeah, so you tie wouldn't yourself out. Yeah, do a lot of work, yeah. I might do that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, question number four. I, I like the fact that we're quite we're quite lazy even in the afterlife. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, just put my feet up. Oh, the London Palladium. Imagine you'd be oh, absolutely rushed off your, your not feet. Oh. <laughs> uh, also, because you'd sort of think, well, who would be coming into the theatre as well? Because you don't want to haunt somewhere where, like, you know, the London Palladium, you've got, like, people coming in and out all the time. Yeah. And you want something that's got a good long run. A so nice regular. Know people, yeah. Mm, yeah. And you wouldn't want to be at, like, the Fortune where Woman in Black is, because everyone would just think you were just the Woman in Black. And part yeah, of that yeah, yeah, yeah. Woman in Black, a, a super trap. fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, question number four. What offstage role did Sir John Gielgud play at the Theatre Royal Haymarket during the Blitz? Or was he like the fire warden? Boom. Oh, what, mate? What, no what? whatsoever. Straight in. She didn't even hesitate. Quiz's instinct, that. Yeah. That's Quiz's instinct. Amazing. Yeah, he was a fire warden. I don't even need to say anything else. Let's move on. Good lord. <laughs> Which of these three people wrote the play The Jewellers' Shop, which was staged in London in 1987? Was it A, Sharon Osbourne? Was it B, 50 Cent? Or was it C, Pope John Paul II? Oh, my goodness. The Jeweller. The Jewellers' Shop. The Jewellers' Shop. Mm. I don't think it was 50 Cent because he's a bit later, isn't he? Mm. 
as I'm going to rule out 50 cent. Even though I imagine he spends a lot of time in jeweler's shops. Because he does <laughs> like the bling. He does like um, the bling. And true. also, he is a writer. He did write a young adult novel called Playground. Oh. Playgrounds and jeweler's shops, though. I'm not. It's, it's too early. It's too early for Fiddy. Uh, so you're left with Sharon Osbourne or Pope John Paul II? I mean, they're all. I can't. When was it? 1980? 87. 1987. I'm going to say Sharon Osbourne. You're going to say Sharon Osbourne? Pope. Am I... The Pope. Oh, Jenny's I very knew, I, knew, I, knew, I knew that just from the title. He actually, he wrote it in 1960. Yeah, so the was... question, to be fair no, to you, Ruth, the question was a little bit misleading, but it wasn't produced in London until 1987. Wow. Um, but yes, it yeah. was Pope John Paul. He's a bit of a polymath, was uh, JP too. Mm. Yeah, got around a bit. But as is Sharon, Sharon Osbourne, and you are in no way foolish for thinking that, Ruth, because Sharon Osbourne has written a brilliant novel called Revenge. Oh, that's absolutely... <laughs> I could have guessed that, actually. <laughs> is, is it amazing? It's, I, I mean, obviously I haven't read it, but just... What? Come on. I'm imagining it's brilliant. It'll turn gonna, up in a charity shop one of these the days. library, and I'm going to get it out. <laughs> that's what's going to happen this week. I, I'm assuming it's like a bonk buster type. <laughs> yes. I'm assuming it's a thinly veiled. <laughs> it's either that or a perfume. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's a scent and a novel and possibly a stage. A scented like. novel. I think it's going to be like proper bonky, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, here's an idea. As well as doing, so Ruth, we're going to get you to host a quiz show where there are no wrong answers yes. and you simply have to build on the answers of the people before. And we are also going to commission you to do a stage adaptation of Sharon Osbourne's Revenge. Yes. Oh my goodness. I genuinely, that sort of thing makes me very excited. I know. Let's do it. Or is it, um, is it, do I get a cast? It's going to be on a Chipping Norse and Little Theatre. Yes. <laughs> After all of our deaths, we shall hold the <laughs> yes. And then one day it'll be a quiz, a quiz question. Who wrote the adaptation? <laughs> well, that's marvellous. Well, we've all got something to keep us busy now, yes. so that's wonderful. And we look forward to seeing you on more celebrity quizzes. And we also look forward to uh, Showstopper Christmas shows, I presume, are happening, are they? Um, yeah, not, not a huge number. I don't know whether we've got any kids' shows, because we often do you know the wonderground and things like that we've got um we're doing a live stream though um because um we did lots during lockdown and they were really popular and what was really lovely about them was that people who can't get to the theater got to watch it so even though it wasn't ideal for us and it wasn't ideal for the majority of the audience like it was it was really lovely in terms of accessibility and yeah and we would do it all the time if there if it were financially viable unfortunately yeah. with the amount of tech that you need and yeah. bloody blah it's not um sadly but we're doing yeah so we're doing a special one on the i think it's the 18th of december be, yeah that would be nice and until then i'm just making pots it's <laughs> oh do you know Pottery is the one of the greatest things isn't it isn't getting your fingers in the clay oh it's just i love it i love mm. it Makes me really happy. Well, I shall please post pictures on your um, Twitter so that we can all see them. So everybody follow Ruth Brat on Twitter. Oh, please do. Yes, I sort of. I took a little break from it because I I needed to, you know, make my brain less. (laughs) Then then, uh, the listeners can amplify your requests to be on different shows. There we go. I I would be so good on all of them, and by good I mean pretty bad. But um, enthusiastic, good. entertaining, so enthusiastic. enthusiastic. Yes. That's what they want. That's yeah. what we want. Oh, thank you so really much. Good at pointless as well. During oh. oh, hello. Oh. <laughs> Stick it on the list. <laughs> oh, it's been such a delight to talk to you. Thank oh, you very much for joining nice us. To chat to you both as well. Thanks for having me. So, Jen, it is time for the return of a much-loved feature, the listener quiz. The listener quiz. I remember that. We've missed them. Nostalgic for listener quizzes. Well, and we've been very lucky in that we have banked up quite a lot of listener quizzes in the time that we have not been doing them. And uh, Mr. Matt Soule. Hello, Matt. 
uh, has sent in at least two because we're going to do one this week from Matt and one next week. Oh, well. that's a good sign, isn't it? And I know nothing about them. All I know is that Amanda is, as usual, doing a sterling job of keeping on top of things. So what's the quiz about? Well, I was really excited when I got this from Matt because it's... A subject very close to my heart is Anglo-Aussie soaps. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, with my obsession as an early teenager of of Neighbours specifically, mm. you know, I was very much in the Neighbours. Can't we you more hate Home oh, Away? Neighbours. That was 100% yeah. Neighbours. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, da- I dallied with Home and Away. But we, yeah. all, we all dipped our toe but in I never, Home and Away. I never but... missed an episode of Neighbours mm. for yeah. several years. Did you ever watch it twice a day? Because yes. that was, yeah, yeah. And my dad, it used to really disturb my dad that I'd watched it at lunchtime in the school holidays and I had to watch it again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Especially if it was something that was featuring a heavy storyline with Scott and Charlene. Yeah. Then. yeah. Well, I feel like I'd been indoctrinated earlier with like the Sullivans and Sons and Daughters and all that sort of stuff. That was, that was, that, that was the mm, flying doctors, country practice. Young doctors. Oh, it was, it, these were the gateway drugs to twice daily neighbours yeah well now we've really talked a big talk here haven't we yeah oh no like we're going to be great at this quiz <laughs> i think we're going to have to do it a buzzers situation oh no okay, i think so it literally will be a fingers on shall we be a- scott and charlene <laughs> lovely job yeah yeah who's who though <laughs> I'll be Scott, you be Charlene. That's because Scott's shorter for you buzzing in, isn't it? There you go. <laughs> yeah. They both yeah. start with the same syllable, though. Yeah. Scott. 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 Charlene. Yeah. <laughs> Can I be Bouncer? It's Jason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you be Bouncer, and I'll be Helen Daniels. <laughs> oh, we all want to be Helen Daniels. <laughs> For the younger listeners, <laughs> Google it. Absolutely yeah. baffled. Google it. Google it. Mrs. Right, Mango, be, yes. I might be the twins. I might be the, the Alessi twins. The Alessi twins. Gail and Gillian. Yeah. The, the, Gail was um, Paul's wife. Mm. That's right. And then um, the Alessi twins were Christina and... Um, <sighs> oh, right. Somebody write in. Well, so maybe Google. Matt please write in. <laughs> could do us a second supplementary quiz yeah. about this. Anyway, let's do the quiz. Hey. We might be preempting some of the answers. Okay, you know. let's have a look, shall we? Question number one: Buzzers at the ready. Anne Charleston is best known. For Helen playing... Daniels. Not. I wasn't. That wasn't <laughs> That's my answer. I think. I think. What well, I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to ask that I read the question first. Oh, all okay. of these. All right? all right. So, Anne Charleston is best known for playing gravelly voiced Madge Bishop in Neighbours. True. But she also played the role of Lily Butterfield in which British soap? <gasps> oh, um, Charlene. Go on, Charlene. Uh, that was Emmerdale. It is Emmerdale. Oh. She appeared in the show from 2006-2009 and previously also appeared in the short-lived revival of Crossroads. She did. Oh. She did. She was over in the UK for a long time. Much loved. Yeah. Oh, Madge. Fantastic. What a, what a character Ooh. she was. Madge Wonderful. and Harold, Madge one of the beautiful. all-time great couples. Yeah, oh, they're, they're above Scott and Charlene yeah, for me for yeah. romance. Well, the love triangle between Lou... Oh, Harold yes. and Madge oh, was oh god, god. he, he used to stuff. he used to bully Harold as well call yeah, him Jelly, Jelly Belly, Belly. Yeah. how rude yeah it wouldn't work that wouldn't fly now would it god no, no. <laughs> right question number two Academy Award nominee Jude Law had one of his first starring roles in which TV soap <gasps> uh, uh, Helen Daniels go on uh, well he was in Families bingo oh yeah it was and here's a little fact from Matt. I'm loving Matt's um, sub facts. This is got what here. we want. The show, filmed entirely in Manchester, except for some exterior scenes, was set in both Cheshire and Sydney, Australia. Oh, I didn't that... know. I didn't know it was set in Australia as well. Was that not an early Russell T Davis uh, project? Oh. Or, I, there's some connection. Oh, or maybe well, current, currently, Russell T Davis on Instagram is posting a show he worked on every single day oh, well, throughout November, so we might get there. Okay, I so will tell keep, you. Keep an eye. Come 1st of December, I will know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number three. Reg Watson created Aussie Soaps, Neighbours, Prisoners and The Young Doctors and had previously spent 10 years producing which UK soap? Ooh, oh, uh, Helen good. Daniels? I think was that Crossroads? It was Crossroads. Yeah, it was Gr- Grundy Productions when he yeah. was always, he was heavily involved with all that. He was uh, as head of light entertainment at ATV. Reg was responsible for bringing Crossroads to our screens. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay, question number four. Which musical legend was responsible for writing the themes for Emmerdale, Crossroads and Neighbours? Oh, oh Charlie! Oh, I think you were just about there, Jenny. Tony Hatch. Yes. Absolute legend. And also for um, an extra point, Helen, um, (laughs) (laughs) who wrote the lyrics to to Neighbours, the Neighbours lyrics? It used to come up. Yeah, in the end credits. Yeah, the end credits. So we've seen it approximately 5,000 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that terrible? So Tony Hatch wrote the music and... And it was his then wife. Yes. As Jackie. Yeah, they were. <gasps> yes. Oh my God. Oh. Tony Hatch and Jackie. <gasps> Weaver. No. <laughs> <laughs> she had no authority. Yes. Jackie. Jackie Trent. Is that a Trent? Yes. 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 I thought I thought well I dreamed done. that then. That came to me in a vision. <laughs> a vision of the end credits of Nathan. What a night that would have been round at their house. Oh you my know, God. Just they like just the... get the piano out. Yeah. Just gathered round. Everybody we'll knock out a few need, themes. Everybody needs good neighbours. Oh, well, their neighbours wouldn't be happy, would they? Because no. they'd be bloody noisy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we no noise after 11 o'clock. The legend goes that being given a synopsis for the show, which was just going to be called Ramsey Street, uh, Trent and Hatch wrote the theme and suggested that, that neighbours would be a better name. Hatch was also responsible for many chart hits, including Petula Clark's Downtown. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Oh, it's a hit machine, that man. Um, and neighbours, of course, is Nanogram of Erinsborough. oh yes that's one of our favourite neighbours facts uh, a very quick aside I've been to Ramsey Street the actual <gasps> Ramsey Street no yes and it was back in 1998 before the before internet really and mm. uh we were traveling <laughs> across some parts of australia and when we were in melbourne we wanted to go to the R- william ricketts sanctuary and also Ramsey Street and when we were in the in the information centre we got the information for the William Ricketts Sanctuary and they looked up on the map for us and all that and then we were leaving and we were just kind of like no you ask oh god no and then just like excuse me we really want to go to Neighbours as well. <laughs> and they kind of made out that they didn't know where it was. And they made a really big deal about having to get all these books out to look up like uh, what, the, what the real street's called. It's called Pin Oak Avenue. Yeah. And it is a suburb of Melbourne. And we had to ask somebody for directions. And we did try and ask for Pin Oak Avenue. And they just looked at us like, just ask for Neighbours, mate. Yeah, yeah. But when we were there, there was a teenage boy. And he was taking a casserole to another neighbour. Oh. It happens, guys. Oh. Based on a true story. That's wonderful. And then we got chatting to him. That's reassuring. It was lovely, but we got chatting to him and then a car of, in what would, in neighbours land, be called Hoons, (laughs) came past and um, they shouted, neighbours! And we all said, woo! Apart from the teenage boy and then the Hoons just lobbed loads of um, empty cans out of their car window and then the kid just shrugged at us and we thought, oh, okay. (laughs) This happens all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that was a long time ago, so hopefully, hopefully things, yeah, hopefully people are a bit more respectable. Anyway, um, (laughs) respect neighbours. Respect neighbours. Probably nobody's looking for Pinnock Avenue anymore. But anyway, I digress, and I will move on to the final question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Musical stage versions of which two Aussie soaps toured in the UK in the nineteen nineties? Now I knew one of these, but the other one was I was like, what? There must have been a Prisoner musical. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. But the other around. one, I had no idea. Well, what would you make a musical of? Now, this is a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it hasn't been done, then we could do it. So, uh, I mean, it would be expensive Sullivan's. to do The Flying Doctors. It would be it's too expensive. Expen- a country practice. No, bigger than that. Bigger, bigger Australian show. Well, I mean, Home and Away would be difficult because that was definitely much it's, more There's lots of surfing in that. Yeah. Well, it was Home and <gasps> Away. No. Yeah. Did they have a song, You're Flaming Galah? Because that's what, <laughs> that's what Alf Roberts used to call Flathead, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I know that much that there was Flathead. I'll be honest with you, and this is going to sound slightly heretical, but I do think actually the Home and Away theme tune probably has stood the test of time better than the Neighbours theme tune. Yeah, I think you're right. Can you sing, both of you, yeah. after three, the uh, Young Doctors theme tune? Just, I mean, it doesn't have any words, but... You... Young doctors, <laughs> we are the young doctors. It was sort of quite dreamy, wasn't it? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> wasn't it? Oh, it was very dramatic. I remember it was Yeah, it's been in my head um, all day after reading. I'm so for my entire life. 
1989. It's, it's been in my mind. It's an earworm. <laughs> is it? Is it? It yeah. sounds a bit like Baywatch to my untrained ear. But I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll I don't know the Baywatch theme tune. Isn't that kind of people? It starts off with them. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, young. No. Yeah, it's. I love the idea that people are listening to this podcast trying to drift off to sleep. (laughs) Just a little bit of, you know, chat about quizzing. (laughs) Gentle, gentle. (laughs) You flaming galah. (laughs) I'm going to do something a bit more soothing. Closer each day. Home and away, you know we belong together, you and me forever and ever, no matter what it is. That's lovely, that's for copyright, for copyright purposes, yeah, I'm going to cut you off there. That's fair use up till now. <laughs> Lovely. Well, thank you so much, Matt Soul. You did not imagine, I'm sure, when you sent that in, how many <laughs> memories you would be uh, lighting beautiful. in our souls. So uh, thank you, Matt Soul, for that brilliant listener quiz. Well, what a delightful episode that was. And I enjoyed talking to Ruth Bratt for a number of reasons, but not least because I got to talk about service stations, my favourite thing. I know, I know. It just a little face lights up <laughs> as, soon as, you, as soon as you talk about... Heston Services. I'm so. going to put out into the universe that I would like to host a quiz show about and from motorway services. Well, you'll have to find Alan Partridge for that, I feel. <laughs> Probably <laughs> would. Um, but yes, it, uh, you know, if anyone from Fleet Services southbound, that's my favourite. If you're listening, uh, I would be happy to do that. And T-Bay, obviously, I'll do a residency. <laughs> so uh, a pleasure to talk to Ruth. An absolute pleasure to have our listener quiz from Matt Soul. Thank Wonderful. you, Matt Soul. And we will see you next time for another episode of Fingers on Buzzers. Yes, it is. Fingers on Buzzers starred Lucy Porter and Jenny Ryan and was produced by Amanda Redman with music by Kevin McLeod and Justin Edwards. Email quiz at fingersonbuzzers.com and tweet at fingersbuzzers. Thanks for listening and don't forget to join us next time for more Fingers on Buzzers. You flaming galah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.